We start a series today called It's Not Complicated, and the Christian life, being a follower of Christ, is not complicated. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's not complicated. Uh, being a follower of Christ means that we grow in our relationship with God. That's that upward relationship, and that is the supreme relationship that we must have. But there's also the relationship that we have here as a church in community with one another. And finally, there's a relationship that we have out there. The way we describe it in our church is we will love God supremely. That's the up. We will love others extravagantly and sacrificially. That's, that's uh, the in. And then we will live the mission regularly, and that's moving out. Today, we begin this series, and, and as we look at our relationship with God and our desire to grow in Him, uh, and we do that in many ways, primarily in this community, in our life groups or uh, uh, among our friends or with our family, we, we grow together, but we cannot ever lose sight of the out. And I think that for most churches, most churches that have been around a while, like ours, um, most churches somewhere along the line lose the out part. We, we get uh, comfortable with the in and the up, and we forget that, that there is the out, that we have to live the mission. For many of us here today, the truth is we don't have very many friends who are out there. I mean, we have people that we work with or we have people that we go to school with, but when it comes to relationships and building relationships, we really haven't developed a lot of relationships out there. So today, what we're going to do is, is we're going to move beyond the love God, the up, move beyond the in, love one another, but now we're going to, to move to the out. We're going to see how that the gospel shapes all three of those relationships, but primarily how it shapes our relationships toward those out there. A um, uh, couple of things, and I don't want to get caught up in all my words. Let me just say it real simple, okay, if I can. If you all just bear with me just for a second. If you are not going out, then you are not growing in or up. You might get more information, but you're not growing. Until we, as followers of Christ... Take the risk, make the sacrifice, and be like Jesus, living the mission out there. We're not faithfully following him, even though we're in here and looking up there. A faithful follower of Christ is a missionary follower of Christ, and you can't, you can't chop off that part of being a follower of Christ and say you're being faithful. Okay, so we need we need help in how to live the mission. And so today I want us to just see how that the gospel not only shapes our relationship with God, you realize that the gospel and real simple, Jesus Christ died for sinners. He left heaven's throne. He was born in a manger, fully God, fully man. He went to a cross as the sinless sacrifice for sinners, for you and me. He died there in our place to be the payment price for our sin. He took my sin's guilt upon himself and the condemnation that I deserve. He died in my place. He was buried and he was raised again three days later to give me victory and new life. Now, here's the deal. When by faith I repent my sin and I run to Jesus and I cling to him, God welcomes me into his family and I am transformed. A life that was crippled and crumbling became a life that was, wow, 
and spectacular. The death dirge was transformed in a dance of delight. My life was changed. How about you? All right, so that's the gospel. The gospel brings me into relationship with God. God welcomes sinners because Jesus offers us this forgiveness and life through faith in him. But it also informs how we relate to one another. What forms this community? We already saw in Colossians 1.18 that Christ is the head of this church. But he teaches us how we are to live in community with one another. It's based upon the gospel. We're supposed to love each other the way Christ has loved us. That's the gospel. The gospel teaches us how to live together in community and how to grow upward as we grow inward, but also the gospel teaches us how that we are to be focused outward. This is not an insider's club for the elite, but rather this is, using different analogy, a hospital for the sick. It's what this is, a place of imperfect people who have been made well by God's grace through Jesus Christ. And so we are always on a mission as a church to find our friends who are sick and who need to be made well. That means that you and I must build relationships with people as we go. We must really look. And, and, and here's the application. You want to know. We're going to try to keep living the mission real simple. Here's how you live the mission. You ready? Here it is. Find a friend. And share what you got with them. Find a friend and share what you have received. I have in my sweet little pocket a box filled with flies. Flies. Now, when I say flies, I'm talking about the kind I fish with. And these are flies that I have made. That's a pretty fly, too. Um, and here's what happens when you go fishing. And it doesn't have to be fly fishing. It can be any kind of fishing. When I was a little boy and, and my older brother Brett and I would go fishing on Stock Creek in, in East Tennessee my, on my granddaddy's farm, we would dig worms. We'd cut some cane poles. We'd put some string on the cane pole. We'd put the worms on the hooks or catch grasshoppers and do the same. And uh, Grasshoppers was cleaner work but harder work. Digging worms was pretty easy. All you had to do was find a good cow patty. Anyway, so... Am I talking truth? So anyway, we, we, we get the worms and we put them on the hook and, and we, would, uh, we, would, we would go fish and we'd catch, you know, we'd catch catfish or sauger or brim or perch and every now and then catch a bass. And, and, and when we caught one, we would holler at the other. If I caught one, Brett, I got one. He'd say, why'd you catch him on? And I'd be using a worm, so I'd say, grasshopper. <laughs> As we grew, we matured. This past, uh, this past uh, holiday, got to go fishing with all my brothers and my dad. Went to the Smoky Mountains. We don't get to do that very often. Getting us all together at one time to go fishing is pretty spectacular. So we got to go fishing. It was cold, baby. It was cold. But we went fishing, and I'm the expert. 
And so I would I'd be out there, and I was closest to my brother Brandon. And that, that's the one right, above, uh, right below me. Uh, and Brandon and I were fishing together, and, and uh, I would catch a fish, and, and uh, I would, he would say, what, what did you catch him on? And being a mature brother, I would go down and I'd say, well, I caught him on this whatever bug I was using. And I'd tied, I'd tied all my brothers some flies that they could use. And so I, I wanted to share with him what I'd gotten. I, I wanted to share with him how, so that he could experience the same joy that I experienced. And so I would share a fly like that. Now that is, that's called a royal wolf. Really, take it. Really, own it. Do something with it. <laughs> this, this is called, this one right here, that's called a Quill Gordon. That'll change your life, I promise. <laughs> you want one? Let me, you know what I'm going to get you? I'm going to get you what's called a rusty spinner. That's a rusty spinner. That's small. I, well, yeah, you'll take a rusty spinner. Rusty spinner. Those are really good in Colorado, if you ever go. <laughs> now, this one over here, this is a real quill, Gordon, because it's made with quill. But a quill, Gordon, is a fly. Anyway, so if I'm out, out, by the way, these bugs come off the water at particular times and particular seasons. There are none of these bugs coming off the water right now. That's why I'm giving them all away. <laughs> you don't want that. You take it, sweetie. Do you want it? Is it alive? It's not alive. It's, it's, it's all fake. It's all fake, but it's got a sharp little hook point to it, okay? Now, the reason I share these things, the, the, I'm, and, and the truth is, y'all don't care, right? Because most of y'all have never used anything like this, and you're, you're not that interested in any of this stuff. But if you went fly fishing with me, and you had one of these, oh, it'd change your life. It'll just, it'll make your life this, this is brown trout, brook trout, rainbow trout. There you go. There you go. You have one like that. Oh, oh my goodness, it dropped. But if you're going to go fishing with me and we're going to go fly fishing, you want to learn how to fly fish, I'm going to help you. I'm, I'm going to tie up some flies and I'm going to share with you what I've got so that you can share in the joy. And I did that with my brother Brandon and, and my brother Heath. He caught a fish and he said, hey, Eric, here's what I caught him on. Of course, my dad probably outfished us all. And he wouldn't tell us anything he was using. <laughs> when, you, when you experience a joy, you want to share that joy with others. Well, the, the truth of the gospel is the greatest joy we've ever known. And we have an obligation to share it with others. As we look at sharing what we've received, we're sharing the fact that God has, has transformed our life, forgiven our sin, given us new life through faith in Christ. We share what we've received, but we have an obligation to share that. In Romans chapter 1, verse 14, Paul says, I am a debtor both to... Uh, the Greeks and the barbarians to the wise and to the unwise. Now, what's this uh, I am a debtor business? Well, Paul's saying that he owes an obligation to share with Greeks and barbarians, wise and unwise people, the gospel. 
He, he was saying, in fact, the, the picture of the, the, the sentence there is that he owes a debt to them, that, that he is under obligation to share with them. Now, let me give you some framework there. Greeks and barbarians, all right? Those are two types of people that encompass all the Gentiles in all the world. Wise and unwise. That doesn't mean smart and foolish. It means educated and uneducated. Encompasses all the people in the world. What Paul was really saying is everybody he comes in contact with, he has an obligation to share with them the very thing that has transformed his life. And the ultimate obligation that he has is really beyond the barbarians and the Greeks and the wise and the unwise. The obligation he has is to God himself who has rescued him. God himself who has poured his good news into Paul. And Paul says, I've got to share it. I'm, I've, I owe this debt. Now, friends, that debt belongs to us as well. That is our obligation. It's our obligation to share the story of God's rescuing love that has changed our life with someone else. It's our obligation to God supremely. We owe him to share with others this wondrous good news. So we have to share. It's our obligation. Not only is it our obligation, it becomes our passion. It becomes our passion. Paul said, I'm debt indebted. I owe a debt to, to, to Greeks and to barbarians, to wise and unwise. Therefore, verse 15, therefore, I'm ready to share the gospel, to preach the gospel in Rome also. I'm ready to come. Now, that term ready Okay, it's a specific Greek term and it has a wide range of meaning, but ultimately it means this. It means um, a willingness that moves into passionate pursuit. So when we wake up in the morning, there needs to be within us a willingness. God, if you put someone in my path who doesn't know you, give me an opportunity and I'll share with them. I'll share with them what I've received. But that's, that's the willingness and the readiness, but it moves toward a passion. Not where we're just passively waiting for an opportunity. We start looking for opportunities. And you know the difference, right? There is a difference. I, 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 I've told the story of when Edie and I, um, when I finally asked Edie to marry me. And I don't know if you were here when I told that story. And keep it real simple. Uh, Edie and I were dating uh, I, she and I met with her uh, family uh, on uh, a lake in southeast Texas where we spent a few days, all of us together fishing and, and everything, had beautiful moonlit landscapes every night to ask Edie to marry me. And I didn't because I was scared. And I thought, well, another opportunity will arise and another opportunity will arise. And I was kind of passively waiting for that next opportunity. And, and again, we had, if, you, if you've ever been, it's October, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's southeast Texas, it's on Lake Sam Rayburn. We're walking along the beach, picture perfect driftwood on the, sh on the beach, the big 
uh, October moon shining down on us. I'm walking there. She's walking there. I'm holding her hand all in love and scared to death. And I didn't ask her. I was ready, but I let my fear overcome it. But my passion wouldn't let me keep quiet. See, I, I, I had to ask her. I knew I had to ask her. So, so at the end of the journey, I miss all these opportunities. So finally, at the end of the journey, she's taking me back to the airport, and I start looking for an opportunity. And finally, as I'm getting out of the car, and she's at the curb, and she's crying, and I'm crying, I was like, will you marry me? <laughs> Blew it big time, but it makes for a great story today. And then I mailed her an engagement ring later on. I'm a romantic sort. <laughs> but, but my passion, my passion caused me to start looking for opportunities because I'd already missed the opportunities that I'd been given. So I started looking for them. When, when we are eager or ready to share the gospel, it's, it's no longer us just sitting passively waiting for a friend to come up and say, hey, what is this whole Jesus thing about? It's where we then start looking for opportunities. We're looking for relationships around us, for people we work with, people we go to school with, the people that are down the street in our neighborhood. We're looking for opportunities to build bridges to them and talk to them about Jesus. He has changed my life. Our obligation moves us to a passion. And that passion once informed by what the gospel is all about, gives us courage. Paul wrote in verse 16 of Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, that picture of being ashamed of the gospel is simply a picture of Paul being shy about it or afraid he's going to get persecuted for, for sharing the gospel. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed. He looked at the obstacles and the opposition. And he said, I'm going to press on. And I'm going to share the gospel. Because he found courage. He found courage not in his own abilities, not in his, his uh, arguments, not in his wisdom. He found courage because of God's power. See, the gospel is the power of God. For salvation for everyone who believes. Now, here's the picture. Beautiful picture here. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be timid and shy about sharing the gospel, even though our friends might not like it or not understand. The truth is, this is the very power of God unleashed on their life. The opportunity for them to tap into a life that is beautiful for the very first time. This is their one shot at a life that is worthwhile. Friends, I got to tell you, and this is where we've got to be. If you don't have God, you don't have life. And the only way you can get God is if you get Jesus. So we've got to share Jesus with people we call friends so that they can get life. Part of the problem is we just don't, either we don't believe that to be true, or we become so accustomed to the gospel that changed our life that we treated as something commonplace? Or maybe we're afraid that, that people are, aren't going to believe us when we tell them, oh, it, it's not about them believing us. 
It's about them believing in Jesus. And they might not believe. Look, people, I tell people stuff all the time, they don't believe me. Anytime I tell a fish story, people go, yeah, all right. I mean, you tell facts about your high school days that just aren't true. Now, they may be you know, fluctuated in your own mind, but they're not true. You don't mind people thinking that you're not telling the truth. And somehow, when it comes to talking about Jesus, you get all shy. Well, I just can't talk about Jesus. I'm afraid they're going to think I'm, you know, weird. You are. No, you are. You are a peculiar people, the Bible says. You are a priesthood that God has called together to be strange on his behalf. Let's stop trying to be respectable to people out there who are dying. And let's be a little bit crazy, a little bit fanatical, a little bit peculiar, and share with them the cure for the cancer of their soul. <laughs> Believing in God's power to change their life. It's not my power. It's not your power. It's not my wisdom. It's not your wisdom. It's not your arguments. It's not mine. It is simply the power of God. God's power for salvation. The gospel, sharing the gospel is the conduit through which God's power flows for salvation. And this salvation is a complete salvation. It's a salvation that rescues us from the penalty of the sin in our past. And the power of sin in our present, and even a salvation that rescues us from the presence of sin in eternity. When we consider this rescue of God, it is a forgiveness that is forever and a rescue that makes us whole. And we must share it with others. It is a salvation for everyone who believes. I love that. You know, God doesn't play favorites with culture or class or color. But anyone who believes in Jesus Christ can be saved. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved, will be rescued, will taste this power, will for the very first time move from darkness to light, from, from death to life. If they believe upon Jesus, God will open his arms and welcome them into his family. Today, we need to share what we've got. We need to share with others what we've received. And time is gone, but let me just make a bottom line application for all of us. We want to live the mission. We share what we've received, but we've got to find a friend to share it with. So you've got to find a friend. And you've got to be willing to cross that line of faith. And friends, if you will immerse yourselves in the good news of Christ's rescuing love and remember how lost you were before you were found, if you will reflect upon the sin that has, 
that, that condemned you to an eternity of lostness and emptiness and ugliness and how God in his great merciful love by his great grace rescued you through Jesus Christ? If you and I will reflect more and more and more upon how we undeserving sinners have been rescued by God, then maybe, just maybe, we'll wake up tomorrow with a greater passion to find that other friend around us and say, hey, listen, I haven't told you yet, but let me tell you now, there is someone who has changed my life and given me purpose and meaning and hope, given me a passion, and he's made me a little strange, but I want to talk to you about him, and I think he can make a difference in your life as well. Stop being so academic and just start sharing your story. I think of Andrew, John chapter 1, verse 41. Andrew spent the day with Jesus. Scripture says that he went to find his brother Philip. And when he found Philip, he said, Peter, or Simon, Simon, come with me. We have found the Messiah. And friends, you've got people around you every day. And we need to be like Andrew and find that friend and say to that friend, here's my story. Jesus has changed my life. Here's my story. Jesus has taken a crippled, crumbling existence that I once had. And he's given me a beautiful life. Here's my story. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was dead. But now I live. We need to find our friend to tell them our story and connect them to Jesus. Living the mission is all about the gospel. It's sharing what you've got. But you've got to find the friend with whom to share it. It's not complicated. Not easy, but it's not complicated. Would you bow with your heads?